Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. This podcast is supported by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. We've been using Active Skin Repair for a few months now, and I am seriously impressed. They use a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which is pretty much a superhero in skincare. It mimics your body's own immune response, helping to cleanse, soothe, and reduce inflammation to support the natural healing process. And let me tell you, it works for more than just scraped knees. Whether it's sunburns, rashes, or even more persistent issues like eczema or acne, Active Skin Repair has got you covered. The best part? It's totally safe and non-toxic. That means it's gentle enough for every skin type, from the little ones to grandma and everyone in between, making it the go-to for everyone in the family. I scraped my knuckle the other day while doing laundry, and my first thought was to grab the Active Skin Repair because one, it doesn't sting like other products, and two, I knew it would help me heal faster. So if you're looking for a natural, effective way to handle boo-boos, check out Active Skin Repair. And because you're a listener, you can get 20% off your order. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order, use code CLUTTERFREE. Again, that's ActiveSkinRepair.com and use code CLUTTERFREE to get 20% off your order. You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show with Deanna Yates, episode number 74. On today's show, we're looking at how to keep your stress levels down as we head into the holiday season. Every year, I get several questions about how to handle gifts, decluttering toys, holiday decor, keeping things simple yet meaningful, and so much more that I wanted to do a Q&A before the season gets away from us. And that's what today's show is all about. Hey there, my wannabe minimalist friend. Welcome back to the show. My name is Deanna Yates, and I am thrilled you're here today. Today, we are answering your biggest questions when it comes to the holidays. This time of year is supposed to feel special and magical. We're told it's supposed to be a time filled with love, laughter, coziness, and connection. But can I be honest with you? The holidays are stressful. Or at least they can be if you try to do all of the things, be at all of the places, and close your eyes as you repeatedly swipe your credit card and buy more stuff than you need. That's why, as a family, we said enough was enough and gradually over the past few years have honed in on what we really want to focus on for the holiday season. But before I tell you about what we do to celebrate the holidays, how you can bring intention to your seasonal celebrations, and answer questions from the Wannabe Minimalist family, I want to remind you that you can pick up the show notes for today's episode at littlegreenbow.com forward slash 74. Again, that's littlegreenbow.com forward slash the number 74. There you will find all of the resources I discussed today, as well as access to my simple holiday planner and workbook, which is part of my home systems power pack. If you need help with simplifying your holidays and keeping your plans in order, check it out. I think you'll really like it and it will help keep you organized throughout the end of the year. Okay, now let's get into how we can keep the holiday season simplified so that we can actually enjoy this time of year. First, I want you to look back at what the holidays were like for you growing up. 
Often we have a rosy vision of what life was like back then because as children, you're not privy to all of the behind the scenes work that goes on into making things special. For instance, perhaps you remember having family come over to your home, but you don't remember all of the planning, prepping, and cooking that went into that day. Or maybe you remember a special present, but you don't remember your mom or dad having to drive all over town in search of just the right one. Or maybe there was one year you didn't get what you asked for, and while it might have been tough that day, you've probably long forgotten about that part of the holiday celebrations. My point here is that sometimes our memories do not live up to reality. We have a tendency to idealize the past and remember the best feelings from these special times. As a child, the holidays are magical. The world looks like a fairy tale when we're out at night and there are twinkly lights all around. Bonus if there is snow too, of course. Now the adults in our lives tend to be merrier even if it's just for our sake, and maybe they even have some time off work, so there's the added benefit of getting to be together more. And then, of course, there's Santa with all of his magic. And if you're religious, there's the spiritual element as well, which is described as miraculous. But as we grow up and have families of our own, we realize that a lot of this magic, well, it needs a helping hand. The problem is that in our modern world of social media and curated lives, we can so easily fall into the trap of comparing our lives to the Pinterest perfect, Insta-worthy, and Facebookized lives that our quote-unquote friends are posting for the world to see. We want to experience the feelings of joy that we had when we were children, but even after putting in the work, we often don't feel like we are living up to what others are doing. So if this sounds familiar, I have a truth to share with you, and it just might set you free. You do not need to keep up with the holiday cheer that you see on social media. The only people that you need to check in with to gauge if your holiday was successful are your family members. That's it. Do they feel loved and cherished? Do your kids feel like there was something special about this time of year? If you got a yes, then congrats. That is what matters. No one can tell you how many gifts you should or shouldn't buy. No one can tell you how many events you should or shouldn't attend. You get to decide what is right for your home, your budget, your loved ones, and yourself. So how do we celebrate in my home? Well, we've moved around so much that we have only done Christmas morning in our home about three times in my adult life. The first time was my daughter's first Christmas. We lived in Colorado and opted not to travel that year. So it was a quiet holiday at home, and perhaps that was the first inkling that we didn't have to buy all of the things to have a good holiday. The second was when we lived in Germany. Our daughter was five, and Santa brought her a scooter that year. The added bonus of having to move everything back to the States less than a year later meant that we purposely kept gifts to a minimum again. And the third time was two years ago. We live close enough to family now that we did Christmas morning at our home and we traveled to be with family in the afternoon. The plus side of not celebrating the big day in our home has also allowed me to keep decorations to a minimum. After all, if we're not here, why go all out? We have an artificial tree that we decorate with ornaments, but I've managed to keep most other decor to a minimum. In Germany, we crafted items to decorate, and now we use holiday cards we receive throughout the season to add a festive flair throughout our house. 
My daughter also had everyone in the family make paper snowflakes last year, and we had them all sign them. So now we have those to put up, and it is really fun to see each family member's personality shine through their creation. This year, we will be moving into a house that we plan to be in for years. It is the longest I've planned to commit to anywhere, and it feels exciting and honestly scary at the same time. I want to be a person that participates fully in life, so we will be hanging Christmas lights for the first time, but we will keep it simple. And that is one of my favorite rules for the holidays. Find a way to bring joy and cheer, but keep it easy for you. You do not need to try to be the A-plus student. Doing B-level work is just fine. You get most of the benefits and a lot less stress. So to me, that is a total win. This year, I think my parents are planning to come to us for Christmas Day. We'll have a tree with presents underneath, more on how many we get when we get to the Q&A part, but I've put in a request with Santa to fill our stockings with consumable goodies instead of trinkets and treasures. I'll plan for a simple breakfast casserole that I can let sit in the fridge overnight, and then I'll pop it in the oven while we open gifts. We'll watch a holiday movie, and we'll play with the gifts and the things we receive. It will be simple and enjoyable. We'll plan to gather with extended family in early January, as that's what works for everyone's schedule. Instead of giving you a rundown of what we'll do between now and January 10th when school resumes after winter break, I want to take a look at the questions I got from members of the Wannabe Minimalist family and via email. Because again, we could just run through it all, but that might be a little bit boring. So in a quick note, the Wannabe Minimalist family is my private community on Facebook where like-minded people are connecting and talking about living more intentional lives with less clutter. I will link to it in the show notes. So if you are not part of that group yet, please come on over and join us. We would absolutely love to have you. Okay, so question number one comes from Chelsea and she asks, Quote, is there a gentle way to get children to declutter toys? The holidays approach, and I know new toys will happen from Santa and family members. All right, Chelsea, thank you so much for your question. I appreciate that you are thinking ahead and trying to find a solution for the toys before they arrive. Now, there are several different ways to approach this, but I will give you my favorites. A lot will depend on the age of your children and how sentimental they are. So if your child is younger than four, I recommend doing a full room tidy on your own and declutter any of those toys that are broken, outgrown, or any of those that drive you completely nuts. If there are toys you are waiting for them to grow into, go ahead and tuck those away and put them in another room or put them up in the closet if possible. Then go ahead and set a reminder on your phone about those items so that you don't forget about them later. I mean, you can do that for six months from now, a year from now. You can say, get out the toys, get out those clothes that they're supposed to grow into, that kind of a thing. Because if you're like me and you put them away and you don't put a reminder, you will forget they are there. So go ahead and just do yourself a favor and put a reminder in your phone now. Now, if there are still a lot of toys, but you're not ready to part with them, go ahead and split them in half and do a toy rotation. Now, keep one half out and put the others away, and then in about a month or so, go ahead and swap them out, and it will be like having new toys for your child. Now, as you are making the exchange, go ahead and declutter any toys that you noticed that weren't played with or that got broken, and then only try to keep the favorites. For children that are older than four, I like to be honest and open. 
I am lucky that my daughter's birthday is about six months away from Christmas. So these are our two big gift giving holidays and we always do a declutter before each one. And it's nice, I feel really lucky because every six months, you know, kids grow a lot when they're younger and so it's just a little bit easier to do this every six months. But if you only get to do this once a year, that works really well too. You know how life doesn't stick to a schedule? Well, why should your paycheck? That's where Earn In comes in. It's an app that lets you access the money you've earned right when you need it, not just on payday. Imagine this, your dog suddenly needs a vet or your kid has a little accident and needs a dentist, ASAP. We've been there and waiting for your payday in those situations just doesn't make sense and it adds unnecessary stress. With Earn In, you can pull up to $100 per day or up to $750 each pay period directly from your earnings without the crazy fees or interest rates. It's super simple. Download the Earn In app, verify your paycheck, and get access to your earnings as you earn them. You decide what to tip, and whatever you use gets settled on your next payday. More than 3.5 million users are finding relief and a sense of security with Earn In, calling it a lifeline for financial stability. That peace of mind, it's priceless, and it could be yours. Ready to give it a try? Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Clutter under Podcast when you sign up. It'll really help out the show. That's Clutter under Podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Now, this declutter has just become part of our routine, and at this point, it's kind of a tradition, so she expects it. As we go through her things, we talk about being generous and sharing with others. We talk about if she doesn't really like something, that we can give it to someone else who really would. We look at things that are worn out or broken, and I ask her if she's ready to part with them. And I try to keep these decluttering sessions positive and from a place of abundance and giving. We also talk about how we want to create space for new things to come in, because if we don't have space for new toys, well, Santa will think that we have enough already. Another way to declutter is to make it a game, and this works really well as a family activity if everyone is on board. So give each person a basket, box, or a bag. Now try to keep them the same size and then tell them that whoever fills their bag or box or basket first wins with the things that they want to declutter and donate, they win a treat. They win the game, they get a treat. Now this treat can be as simple as picking the movie for family movie night or getting an extra scoop of ice cream for dessert 
or you can increase the stakes and make it an outing, something they want to do. Now, try not to reward with a thing, a toy, or a non-consumable item because that kind of defeats the purpose of decluttering. So try to make it something that can either be um, experienced, can be used up, or, you know, isn't going to stick around. Okay, another way to declutter is one that I actually don't recommend that often, but we are going to make an exception with, you know, how things are running right now in society. I generally recommend just donating your things and not selling your items, but the global supply chain shortage has made it so much more attractive to sell your items right now. So if you have the space, consider having a yard sale where each person in your family gets to keep the money made from their items. The incentive of making some money to buy whatever she wants really has my daughter looking at a few of her items in a new light because we are planning to have a yard sale in a few weeks after we complete our move. Now, one more creative decluttering method that you can try. However, I want to say that I have not tried this one is to let your kids play with any and all toys that they want for a full week. Now, here's where it gets creative. Instead of picking up at the end of the day, you let the mess stay for the week. Now, your kids are going to keep adding to the mess, but it's only a week, so just take a deep breath and be okay with it, okay? Because then at the end of the week, you tell your child that it's time to declutter the toys that they liked the least. Now, this might have them worried, but you can let them know at this point and not before that the toys that are on the shelves or those that are still put away seem to be the ones that they like the least. So go ahead and start with those and then keep the toys that are still out because those are the ones that they played with and they seemed to like the most. This method will probably only work once because when your kids understand how it works, your clever sentimental ones will play with all of the toys just so they don't have to get rid of anything. I had a friend, I have a friend whose child is like this, so I can see it working well as long as they don't know the end game until it's time to actually declutter. Okay, so there are some really creative ways that you can start to declutter before um, the holiday, you know, the gifts actually, the new gifts arrive. But before we move on to the next question, I think we need to learn to see decluttering as a regular activity. If we continue to buy new things and bring those things into our home, we will need to continue to declutter the old things that are worn out, no longer loved, outdated, or we've just moved on and outgrown them. This is a part of life and it is okay. My hope is that I can help you and my listeners be more intentional with their purchases. But even as a wannabe minimalist, I myself still buy stuff. This will be a never-ending cycle, but it doesn't have to be a big chore. Decluttering is kind of like tending to a garden. You need to prune the plants to get rid of the dead leaves and the overgrowth so that they can blossom. All right, let's move on to question number two. This question is one that I got from several people. How do we limit the number of toys or gifts purchased this year without feeling like Scrooge or disappointing our kids? Now, the best advice I can give is to have an open conversation with your family. Again, I am all about honesty and trying to be transparent with our family so that they understand where I'm coming from. But I want you to start with asking yourself some questions first. Look at why you want to cut back on presents. Evaluate what you did in the past that did or didn't work. Think about the traditions that meant the most to you when you were little. 
Then once you have a better idea of how you want the holidays to work in your home, think about what fewer presents will help you achieve. If you are looking to save money for a big purchase, tell your kids. Print out a goal tracking sheet and make it a family affair to work toward the goal. Part of reaching that goal can be setting a budget for Christmas. I'm a big advocate for teaching children about money, budgeting, and the true cost of items. So many adults struggle with this, and so why not give your kids a leg up and teach them about this while you still can? When you are all working together toward a big goal, it will make more sense why there may be fewer presents under the tree. If you're looking to keep your home tidy, talk to your kids about the effort you put into declutter. Use the container method and let them know that any new toys or items they receive will have to fit in the container you provide. Now, this is also a good decluttering method, and you can say all of your toys need to fit in this toy bin, and anything that doesn't fit is going to be decluttered. So you get to decide what fits in here, but it has to fit in the space. That's what the container method is. Another thing you can do is to consider giving an experience gift like a date night with mom or dad, passes to the zoo or local amusement park, or redecorating their room. When you do the thing, the gift is, the experience, I want you to remind your kids about the fact that it was a gift at Christmas, so they link the fun they are having today with the gift they received at an earlier date. And then finally, another thing you can do is think about going with the four gift rule. Now, the four gift rule is a cute rhyme, so you won't forget it. And it goes something you want, something you need, something to wear, and something to read. I have also heard about substituting need or wear with somewhere to go. So you can always customize this to work for your family. Now, introduce this to your kids and then have them use it as a guide to make their wish list. Something you want is all about the toys or anything that they really want. Games, uh, gaming systems, generally it's one big ask because it's their big want. So if you feel bad about only getting one toy, then go out and get them the big thing. Get the big Lego set, get the American Girl doll, get the game system. Now there is no need to get lots of different items. One is enough because it's likely that they already have a room full of toys. Something they need can be anything under the sun. Use this as an opportunity to buy something for a sport that they participate in or an activity they do. In my family, we're planning a trip in the spring, so I'm thinking about getting my daughter a snorkeling set, as that's an activity we want to do while we're on vacation, so we will need the equipment. Plus, we can use this near our home, and we can go out and snorkel and see fish in the ocean. We can see the nurse sharks in the fall at La Jolla. So there's lots of other opportunities to use this, or we can donate it, or we can leave it at our Airbnb if it's something that we decide we're not going to want to keep. Something to wear is just as it sounds. This might be seen as a boring gift if your child's not into clothes, but you can do this to be whatever you want it to be. It can be funky socks. It can be something you buy them, you know, that they want like a sports team jersey or an article of clothing for an activity they do like snow pants or a wetsuit. And then something to read is also as it sounds. Now, to be honest, I prefer getting our books at the library because as I mean, we read books really fast because as you get a book, you read it quickly. So my daughter goes through a book, you know, in a week tops, depending on how long it is. So I just don't like to have all these books just sitting on the shelf because remember, it's much easier to limit what comes in than it is to get something out of your home once it's already there. 
So if you're like me, maybe something like a magazine subscription would be good. Now, my daughter likes highlights and National Geographic kids, but she also loves getting things in the mail. I mean, what kid doesn't? So that is a gift that is a treat each month, and it's about the price probably of a new book. So it really does help um, just kind of extend that gift, and I don't have to deal with books that she will never reread sitting on my shelves. And then remember, it is not about the quantity of gifts at the holidays. It is about the love that we get to show through our gifts to one another. Now is as good a time as any to help teach your child this lesson. Giving a fewer number of gifts will not make you a Scrooge. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Our next question comes from Valerie. What advice do you have for a couple with no kids? We want to celebrate the holidays in a minimal style, no gifts, but also want to incorporate traditions just for us. How can we still make Christmas special? Valerie, thank you so much for writing in. I know I focus so much on families and kids, but I hope that the information I provide can be helpful to all. First, I think it starts with figuring out what you love to do. There are so many activities that are fun whether or not you have children. For instance, even if I wasn't a mom, I would still have a Christmas tree and enjoy the process of decorating it. So consider going to a tree farm or cutting your own. The day out will be fun and honestly easier without kids in tow. Then plan a day of decorating, turn on the holiday tunes, heat up some apple cider or make an Irish coffee, and take your time stringing the lights and hanging the ornaments. That's fun and creates a nice cozy atmosphere at home. Next, think about what traditions you loved as a child and see if you can incorporate a more adult version. So do you love to bake? Have a baking day with your partner or do a cookie exchange with friends. Find a holiday concert or performance in your area and go on a date. Plan a holiday movie night and pick non-kid-friendly options like Love Actually or Bad Santa. Go window shopping and sip a hot beverage as you walk through and admire the holiday decor. I miss going to those Chris Kindle markets in Munich with the light dusting of snow on the ground and a hot cup of Glühwein in my hand. I mean, it really was so quintessentially Christmas. And so if there's something like that in your area, make it a date and go. It is, it's delightful. 
and then plan a holiday party with friends. Now, I know there is something magical about kids and Christmas morning, but for me, the holiday is about so much more than just that. And if Christmas Day is hard, go out and see a movie in the theater and have dinner at a Chinese restaurant. Both are super fun traditions that can be fun sans kids. Stephanie wrote in to ask, how do I say no to the events that come up throughout the month? We are already so busy, but I feel guilty saying no. Now, this one gets so many people. First, we want to be able to do it all, and none of us likes to miss out on fun. But the more we try to cram in, the more stressed out we get, which then takes out all of the fun. My recommendation is to find all of the things going on in your area and write it in pencil on a calendar. There is a calendar included in my simple holiday planner and workbook, so click the link in the show notes if you want more information about that. You can find events in your city's website, in the paper, on Facebook, in your local coffee shop or bookshop. See if your friends are planning any parties and add your travel plans. Write down anything that looks fun along with any of the costs that's associated with it. Now, common events include things like tree lighting ceremonies, ice skating, looking at holiday lights, pictures with Santa, a holiday performance or the Nutcracker Ballet, caroling, holiday parties, and school events. Then go through and edit the ones that do not fit in your budget and present that edited list to your family. So that's the key here. You have to edit it first. (laughs) So have each person write down their top one to three events that they want to attend and then erase the rest. Now, this is a pretty easy way to find out what your family is interested in, and it helps you not waste your time or energy on events that no one wants to do. Plus, you can weed out the ones that don't fit in your budget and no one will be the wiser or sad that they can't do it as long as you edit that list first. I also want you to bake in a little bit of space into your calendar. Don't fill up every weekend day. Don't fill up every available time slot that you have open because that will give you room to be able to say yes to a few things that may come up that you are not aware of and you won't feel stressed out that you have to, you know, turn something down or or replace something. So you give yourself a little bit of an opportunity to move things around and shuffle if you need to. And then also, I want you to practice saying no. I want you to say, thank you for thinking of me, but unfortunately, we're already booked up this holiday season. Or I really appreciate the invitation. Unfortunately, we can't this year. It is okay to say no, and you will be serving your family best if it's something that you really can't um, either afford in both time or money, or it will just stress you out, okay? So it's okay to give yourself some space and enjoy only the things that your family deems the most important. All right, and the final question that I got from a few of you is all about how to keep your home less cluttered, but still festive and decorated for the holidays. My favorite way to do this is to edit. A few simple decorations around your home are enough to make it look and feel festive. Pillow covers are fantastic because they don't take up much storage space and they fit over a pillow you already have. Go ahead and put your tree front and center if you have one and it will make a big impact on your space. Limit yourself to a color palette. I want you to pick your favorite decorations to display and declutter those others that don't fit the look, the colors that you choose or chose, or those that you've outgrown. You will not suddenly love the ones left in the box just because they're stored in your garage, attic, or basement. 
And when possible, I want you to choose to decorate with nature. Think about using pumpkins and cornstalks in the fall. Use evergreen boughs and pine cones in December. Have a poinsettia plant, poinsettia plant or two. Make a gingerbread house and put it on display. Decorate with holiday cards you receive from friends and family throughout the season. String popcorn and cranberries and hang dried orange slices with cinnamon on your tree. Now these decorations look amazing, some of them smell amazing, but the best part is that you can compost them and there is no expectation to store them until next year. So this is one of my favorite ways to be festive, but to keep the stuff and clutter to a minimum. And with that, it is my turn to ask you a question. What is your favorite holiday tradition? Come on over to the Wannabe Minimalist Family Group on Facebook or tag me on Instagram and let me know. I'm little.green.bow on Instagram, or you can use the hashtag Wannabe Minimalist Family. Tell me if this episode was helpful and what you plan to simplify this season. I am excited to hear from you and offer encouragement on your journey toward less stuff and the happy, vibrant life that you and your family deserve. And don't forget to pick up all of the show notes for today at littlegreenbow.com slash 74. There you can find links to all of the resources. I didn't mention a bunch, but I will actually link to some blog posts that I've done on decluttering kids' toys, simplifying the holidays, um, an experience, uh, you know, no gift Christmas, basically with just experience gifts, things like that. So go ahead and head over there. I'll make sure I link to some of those things. And you can also find out about my simple holiday planner and workbook there. It's all on my website at littlegreenbow.com forward slash the number 74. And that just about wraps it up for today's episode. But before I go, I do want to take a minute to thank you for listening to this podcast. I appreciate that you choose to spend some of your time with me, and I hope the information I provide is helpful, inspiring, and encouraging. And if you enjoyed today's episode and haven't done so already, please take a second to leave a review. It is so nice to hear how the show is helping others, and it makes my day to know that you are out there listening. Also, go ahead and subscribe so that you're notified of new episodes wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. And that's it. I'll catch you here next week when we have another guest on our show. We will be talking to Chelsea Brennan from Smart Money Mamas about being intentional with your finances and how to get your kids involved. I talked about that a little bit in this episode and I really, that has a soft spot in my heart. So I'm really excited about that conversation. It's a good one and make sure you don't miss out. Okay. Cheers. I will see you next week. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. 
Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 